But if you're on the explore side, which is a transformative, new, fast type of innovation, and you're looking, you're trying to create a new repeatable, you're exploring a new repeatable business model. There's a lot of unknowns. It's longer term. You need to be quick, action driven. You need to be agile. You create your hypotheses. You have many variables. You test, you validate. You're, you're trying to reduce uncertainty and increase learning. To succeed, you need to bend and break the rules and you need to create new rules. You need to find a way or you make a way. Welcome to Innovation Talks. Join us weekly as we discuss with distinguished industry guests how to refine and improve corporate innovation and new product development. Hosted by Paul Heller, Sophion Chief Evangelist. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining me again. I hope you're doing well out there. I wanted to talk today about open innovation. I recently attended a conference put on by innovators in Amsterdam, and it was all about open innovation. And it was a great conference, lots of great speakers. And what I really enjoyed most were the attendees, how open everybody was, how friendly, discussing the topics, discussing what they're doing, what's working, what's not working. It was just really a great environment. I've been to many conferences where you just don't have that level of interaction and if I want to use the term friendliness, camaraderie among the attendees. But that's certainly what was at this particular event. And in a minute, when we talk about open innovation, it, it kind of makes sense that these people that were there who are working on open innovation would be this way. So let's define open innovation. I, I think a lot of people may not know exactly what that is. So let, let's do that first. And, and probably we need to define innovation. That's always a fun topic. I ask the guests for their definition of it. And they always say, ah, oh, that's a great question because everybody has a slightly different definition. I think for purposes of today, let's just say that it's, it's everything from the initial idea all the way through to getting the return from the value returned back from that idea. It's not just ideation, which unfortunately is a lot of people's definition of innovation. But in my mind, maybe a product is in the market and actually is bringing value back, even if even if the value is not what was intended, it's in the market, it's out there. Or if the innovation is for, let's say, something in manufacturing, a new manufacturing line or process, that that has now been implemented and is returning the value back to the company. So, so it really takes innovation all the way through the life cycle. And so, okay, that's innovation. What about open innovation? What's that? Well, Let's go visit our, our old friend, Wikipedia. It's always a fun place to start. What does Wikipedia have to say? Open innovation is a term used to promote an information age mindset. Oh, I love that word, mindset, towards innovation that runs counter to the secrecy and silo mentality of traditional corporate research labs. That's a pretty darn good definition. Now, talking about the old type of, of innovation where you would you know, have to really keep things secret. You were so afraid of IP. You just were closed and doing everything yourself. You know, it originally started, I think open innovation was started with ideation. You know, this concept of go out and get some external ideas as well as your internal ideas. Don't be afraid to 
collaborated a little bit with others in the market. We, we saw things like crowdsourcing at one point was an approach that was used, but people getting outside the corporate walls, the corporate borders. But it's moved much more beyond that now. And I think it's really a, a distributed innovation process that includes not only the company itself, but its consumers and a whole ecosystem of partners, consultants, universities, startups, startups being a big component of it that this particular conference was focused on. And what's really driving that is the urgency and speed that's happening in in the markets we're all participating in. Those are forcing us to act differently, move differently, move faster. And by including other firms, especially startups and innovation, we should be able to do that. The conference had some great speakers. The keynote opening speaker was Alberto Onetti, and Alberto is chairman of Mind the Bridge. And he set the stage. And, and, you know, one of the things he said that I wrote down, I thought it was kind of interesting. He said, incubators and accelerators are fading out and venture builders are coming in. At least that's how he sees it. I recently was had a podcast guest, Esther Hons was on, and we were talking about accelerators and the average life cycle of an accelerator being only a few years and what those accelerators oftentimes turn into and they accomplish their mission and they're done and out. So so that kind of fits, I think, with what Al- Alberto was saying is, hey, there's, there's something else here. There are reports available on the mindthebridge.com uh, website. If you go to mindthebridge.com slash research, you can read some of those. Another keynote speaker that I just, I thought he was fantastic is Frank Mattis. And Frank's working with many companies focusing on, on the framework for new business building. He's written two books, one called Lean Scale Up and the second one called Scaling Up Corporate Startups. The second book he wrote with Dr. Ralph Christian Orr, who's been on this podcast a couple of times, talking about dual innovation. Ralph is really but generous to share his his knowledge. And I, I'm going to see if I can get Frank to join us as well on this conference. But, you know, he gave a great presentation and he spoke about the disappointing success rates and the disappointments companies have had with their open innovation. So when you when you go through this, you realize, well, not all is particularly rosy. And he started out with uh, sharing an example of smart factories. I think we, we can remember smart factories as scaling that new technology. It's not really going that well. And he shared some statistics that came from Capgemini. The percent, 56% of a thousand companies that were surveyed invest more than 100 million US dollars in smart factories and, and, and smart technology. And, but only 10% of automotive factories are ready to actually do it and use it and scale smart. So very low returns from that, from that. And that was sort of his stage setter. And then he wanted to talk about corporate and greenfield startups. What I really liked is he initially positioned this should have been a match made in heaven. You've got the corporates and startups and the corporates will bring to the startups access to creativity, new ways of working, talent, new technologies. And the corporates would bring to the startups access to these customers and, and markets and their industry expertise and transactional data and their, their, their reputation, their global reach. But as he said, not really been that successful yet. The disappointments, the corporate disappointments are around 
in particular around access to talent is one of their lowest satisfied areas, operational improvement, cultural shift. They're just not satisfied in those areas. The startups are also not so satisfied in a lot of areas. Funding, funding doesn't come to the same level that they were expecting it to come to. Their, their access to data and IP. So we talk about the silos. It's, it's still there. And that, that hurts the, the startups who are in this corporate startup partnership. They expect to be able to get to the IP and they're not getting to it. It's still being restricted. They're not getting the level of business and industry expertise, a technical knowledge, the access to the facilities within inside the corporation the manufacturing and industrial facilities. So, so you know, this is still, although the desire to get around the old IP corporate research lab thinking, it's still there. And it just, it just points out how hard it is to make this work. But, you know, it's still something that, that everybody agrees we've got to do it. And he went through and talked about a little bit more about why and, and, and then gave some ideas, some thoughts around it. So, you know, and, and he focused on the area of scaling up. And when you talk about the exploit, whether you want to call it the, the core innovation, the, the now innovation, the perform innovation, lots of different names, you're exploiting a proven business model. You've got a lot of knowns. It's short-term, consensus-driven, process-driven. You're focused on efficiency, productivity, you make very few mistakes. And so, you know, Frank went on to say to succeed, you want to stick to that proven success formula and you're going to avoid personal risk. But if you're on the explore side, which is a transformative, new, fast type of innovation, and you're looking, you're trying to create a new repeatable, you're exploring a new repeatable business model. There's a lot of unknowns. It's longer term. You need to be quick, action-driven. You need to be agile. You create your hypotheses. You have many variables. You test. You validate. You're, you're trying to reduce uncertainty and increase learning. And Frank said, to succeed, you need to bend and break the rules, and you need to create new rules. And you need to find a way or you make a way. And Frank did a nice job. He talked about red shirts and blue shirts. The red shirts are running the business and they pay the salary. And the blue shirts are doing the innovation, this new type of innovation, and they pay the pension. I thought that was pretty interesting. Running the business pays the salary. Innovation pays the pension. But, you know, these two systems clash. And he took us through that whole area. Very interesting. I encourage you to, to if you're listening to this and you're, you're really interested in it. Go check out Frank. Check out some of his his books he's written. Lots of great information out there about that. We also had a couple of good presenters talking about different aspects of innovation. We had. Uh, I was uh, pleased to be on a a panel, leading a panel discussion with several members focused around aligning innovation and open innovation with strategy and with stakeholders and particularly stakeholder expectations. So that was a lot of fun. On the panel that I was moderating, we had Marie-José Fandenbaumgard from KPN, Adriana Truong from Unilever, and Tim Kidd from Stahl. They were just fantastic people. And 
really pleased that they've agreed individually to come join us in future episodes of uh, the Innovation Talks podcast. And I think you'll enjoy those as they come up. In fact, by the time you listen to this, the session I had recorded with Tim Kidd may already be out. And if, if it's out and you've heard it, I'm sure you liked it. If you haven't heard it, certainly go listen to it. And if it's not out, when this one comes out, keep your eye out for it because it's a, it's a really great episode. So that's it for today. I'd love to hear your thoughts on open innovation. Always looking to learn more and have some, some great guests join me to talk about it. So if you or anybody you know wants to talk about any aspect of information, please reach out and, and get in contact with me. Love to dialogue with you on that. So that's it for this week. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next time. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us this week for Innovation Talks with Paul Heller. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For additional information on today's topic, check out sophion.com, S-O-P-H-E-O-N.com, where you will find plenty of innovation-centric content and corporate best practices. If you'd like to discuss anything with Paul or would like to get in touch with the show, email us at talks at sophion.com.